0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390
1: AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Ajay Salvas. Hello, Canada. Is that where you want to be right now? That was weird. That, mostly because people can't see what just happened in here. They only hear what, what went out on the radio. What? What happened? You, like, grabbed the microphone from, away from me. What, what Mike? You're invading the- my personal space. I'm on
2: the other side of you. You're not practicing social distancing. Oh, yeah, like you've been practicing
1: there. I'm sure you've been trying really hard. I tried to do my part. (laughs) Huddle up close to people. Freaking ask for a hug every night we leave. Uh, So, uh, looks like the NBA plan has been approved. We heard some details from the owner's plan that was presented. Players looked like they approved it today. Uh, A few more details coming out. As we heard just a moment ago about... Who can visit? Or is it just players only? Can they have some family there with them? And family can be there. They can have visitors from time to time. They are keeping them in a bubble. But one of the things that uh, could be interesting with this, Ajay, is that some of the older coaches may not be able to participate.
2: Yeah, how about that? They're going to
1: be on the outside looking in. Well, Greg Popovich will not be included.
2: Well, okay. So, no, I mean, that's just, that was just a concern, right? I mean, and then Rick Carlisle talked with Adam Silver and said, well, they'll be through a discussion of what they can do to make it where they can be on the bench and they can be helping out and they can be coaching. I think it was just a concern that was brought up from Adam Silver. Rick Carlisle then came out and said, no, we're talking. Uh, we're in conversation about how to be able to allow head coaches to be on this on, on the bench, because they need to be there. Coach Popovich needs to be coaching his team in the in, in this thing. It wasn't this what it, what it was all about, right? Safe distance away from everything, family members would be very limited. I
1: mean Popovich You're- needs to be there. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said there is a chance that older NBA head coaches won't be able to be on the bench. Yeah, he said there's a chance, but I think
2: Rick Carlisle came out and said we can, you know, like Rick Carlisle,
1: I mean. This is what he said last night. I think one of the things we know, we've learned a lot about the virus since we shut down in March. And the data is demonstrating that for the most part, and there are exceptions, that it is healthy young people that are the least vulnerable. But there are also people involved in this league, particularly some of the coaches who are obviously older people. And we also know people at any age who have underlying conditions are most vulnerable. So we're going to have to work through protocols that maybe, for example, certain coaches may not be able to be the bench coach. They may have to retain social distancing protocols. Maybe they can be in front of a room, a locker room, or a ballroom with a whiteboard but when it comes to actual play we're not going to want them that close to players in order to protect them.
2: They're going to be on the bench. There's no way that Greg Popovich isn't on the bench for his team in this as they try to compete for a playoff spot. They're going to be on the bench.
1: Alvin Gentry, he's 65, head oh, coach of the Pelicans. He's pissed, too. <laughs> he says he's that not doesn't happy. work. Yeah, he is uh, He's not happy about this idea. Now, as you said, Rick Carlisle, not only is he the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, he's also president of the NBA Coaches Association. Um, and uh, said, yeah, they, they need to look at a few things, but maybe he jumped the gun a little bit. Popovich, he's 71. Mike D'Antoni, he's 69. Terry Stotts for the Trailblazers, he's 62. Carlisle himself is 60. So, I mean, how much different is it if the Jazz have to face the, the uh, San Antonio Spurs a couple of times in the regular season? Yeah, and there's no Greg Popovich on the bench. It's different. I think it's worse if you don't have it. Like if
2: the Jazz were to have Quinn Snyder on their bench and the Spurs have Tim Duncan on theirs, there's going to be a difference, and and Quinn Snyder is going to easily out coach Tim Duncan. Because it's no longer about athletes; it's about having brains and minds of the game and having the smarts. And and Quinn Snyder obviously ha- obviously has those.
1: Uh, I think they're going to have to take some precautions. And, and interesting, what well, we know that the the games now the the format now has been set, but uh, Brian Windhorst indicates today that perhaps a more challenging aspect of this resumption for the NBA is, is actually still to come. The, the most challenging part of all this hasn't happened yet. Figuring out the schedule was the easy part.
3: We're going to find out a lot next week when there's a protocol put out. It is going to be over 100 pages long. It is going to include a whole lot of things that are going to be frustrating, challenging, and difficult for people and players to accept. We already got a taste of it last night with the coaches pushing back on the idea that some of them may have special uh, conditions because they're up, up there in age. It's going to be really hard. The schedule part of this was easy. The health and safety part of this is going to be harder than you can possibly imagine.
1: There's an interesting thing being done in Germany. I feel like Win Horse is
2: pissed because they're playing basketball again. Like, he's been the most pessimistic guy <laughs> since April about
1: this whole thing.
2: Come on, Wendy!
1: Sorry, you were but, saying? Like I said, there's an interesting going on in Germany. They, they have what's called their uh, Basketball Bundesliga.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it's 10 teams. Uh, they have a, a 36-game tournament, which is coming up this, starting this weekend. And what they're doing, their league was suspended March eighth. So what they're going to do when they resume play, they are, they're they're similar to what the NBA is doing. They're isolating their players, their coaches, their referees, the other staff. It's going to be a three week tournament. Um, but here's what they're going to do. Uh, they're also going to do a lot of testing and things like that. But one of the other things that's kind of interesting about this. Is that they are giving them like these these chips, uh, so it'll monitor their movements, and so they want to they want to keep track of where are they going, who are you interacting with, uh, interaction with media, broadcast crews, league officials. That's all going to be restricted. It won't be eliminated, but it will be restricted. Uh, they're saying no family members will be allowed to visit the team hotel access this is in Germany access to games will be restricted to the 22 member travel party and a limited number of others sounds like the NBA is taking some similar movements but with these with these tracking chips that's what's interesting they just want to make sure they know where these where these people are going They said it's voluntary it is optional but it's meant to trace their contacts and their movements. So if if a player or a staff member does contract the virus, they can act swiftly to trace where they've been, who they've been in contact, so they can isolate those individuals rather than shutting down the whole thing. But if they don't, it could be, it could be dangerous to the whole tournament. So I think it's an interesting move. Um, it, it's a wearable device. NBA teams apparently... Um, are you looking at doing something kind of similar? So, Uh, it's fascinating new world we're in here. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding.
2: Like just to read some of the details that they are releasing about the way this basketball season is going to go, unlike any other. And I know, like, it's obvious, right? When you hear it at first, of well, this the rest of this season is going to be like unlike any other. Well, no crap, stupid. But, like, when you hear these these guidelines and these directions, only immediate family members after the first round, uh, it's going to be very limited to staff. NBA is actually talking about using crowd noise from NBA 2K20, which, by the way, is going to really suck because when I hit, like, a three from my home crowd, I get no cheer at all. So <laughs> it's not going to go well. And, by the way, if they cut off David Aldridge, could you imagine? Because, like, you know how, like, in NBA 2K20, uh, Kevin Harlan says, all right, let's take you down to David Aldrin for a summer point. <laughs> hey, well, Dave, But all right, back to the game now, everybody. It's still like, I mean, everyone's just going to cut off David Aldridge now, man. So anyways, you just hear these things and it just it m- makes you think, holy heck, we really are
1: in a different world. But, <laughs> would you rather have those weird nuances and have the game? Or... Just not have anything until we get back to no, like, quote unquote normal. No,
2: we we gotta have basketball. We've gotta have basketball. Um, and and as long as they can do it at a safe distance, we're going to be okay.
1: But it, but it, it's but part of this is um, with this whole thing going to Orlando is uh, we we figured out the games. We know the venue. Uh, I guess there's going to be some kind of a play-in tournament that's still kind of, I don't know, iffy to me exactly if that's necessary and who participates. But after that, it's it's a traditional best-of-seven series for each round. And, okay, that's there is some normalcy there. But what's still uncertain is who really gets to be there. You got your coaching staff, you got your players, you got your training staff. How many front office people participate? Do we, do we even really need to be there? What about the media? How many media people do you let in? Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're like the Utah Jazz, you've got you know, a pretty good group of people from multiple media outlets that follow you. What if you're from Los Angeles? Or New York. So here's what I think. And you've got times at by, man, a whole bunch more. How many of those
2: do you let in? No, that's a great point. So here's what I think you do with the media. You take two major beat writers and your team, because every every team has like a team writer. So for the Utah Jets, it's it's Aaron Falk who does an incredible job. Uh, You take him, you take two beat writers, which would be Andy Larson and Tony Jones, and that's it. That's all it goes. So, regard- the, so
1: the till the Deseret News gets left out.
2: Yes, that's just how it is. Though, look, I know it sucks. Or if you're like the,
1: but if you're the athletic, which of which Tony Jones is a member, do you just say, "Look, we're going to have a designated, just a few guys that are NBA guys, and uh, for a couple of days, you're on, and then you're out, and we bring in another guy because you're going to cover ten games in two nights or two days." Oh, yeah. Does, I mean, does KSL get to send a guy? No. Does Channel 4 get to send a no. guy? Does no. Channel 2? No. 13? No. You Des left. News? Salt no. Lake Tribune? You, you Standard just, Examiner? You
2: <laughs> Cash Valley Daily? Rod, guess what? You're going to Orlando, Florida I mean, to write some basketball.
1: Certainly, there are some of those organizations, which I just mentioned, who expend a little bit more effort than others. If you're sending a a reporter on the road to follow the team as they're going, I think that says a lot about your commitment to following the team. And so if you're sending somebody on the road, then are you considered the the critical pool to report on what's going on with that team in Mm, the tournament?
2: Yeah. Mm, That's a good question.
1: Yeah, okay, fine. Or do you uh, send a pool reporter who says, I, I I am the guy representing Utah for these days. And maybe they take turns. Maybe it's the Des News guy for a couple of days. Maybe it's the KSL guy for a few days. Maybe it's the Tribune guy for a few days. But what's the risk of introducing new people here? I'll tell you this.
2: I'll tell you this. And, and you've been in media for a long time, and I've seen the ins and outs like nobody I've ever met. If you do that, right, if you take a KSL guy... Uh, a Desert News guy, a Sight Tribune guy, and maybe a guy from Cash Valley Daily, like whoever, Rod or whatever, you, and you have them switch off, there is going to be a definite like, hey, this writer sucks, please don't let him ever write for the Jazz again. Or this writer's really good, he needs to be right. And there's going to be hurt feelings too. Like if Tony Jones wasn't sent, he'd be ticked. If Andy Larson wasn't sent, he'd be livid. And that guy's kind of an egomaniac at times. I love him. Uh, but, I mean, uh, if, uh, if if Jody Genesee wasn't sent, he'd be upset. I mean, they're like, it. There's, someone's going to be mad at the end, right?
1: Well, and I'd assume David Locke would be there. Would oh, Craig yeah. Bullerjack be
2: there? Yes. Well, no. Because if ESPN and ABC are televising these games...
1: That's that's my other question. Are they going to take yeah, so all of the games? Ch- yeah, that's right. How that's a lot of games. That's a great question. And we're going to have so many channels to put well, them on.
2: And, and not only that, because a lot of these
1: teams have they have separate media deals with independent local broadcasters. Yeah, well, I think that I think there's got
2: to be some kind of a like a buyout for the season. Like, there's no way. I just it'd be too tough to say. Yeah, we can. Have thirty-two radio team outlets, thirty-two, twenty-two. Sorry, twenty-two. Yeah, good point. Twenty-two. Sorry, twenty-two radio outlets. Twenty-two team outlets. Uh, how many beat riders? I mean, now you're like at this point, there's quite a few people there for what was supposed to be a closed social distancing, <laughs> isolated bubble.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: So, so that's no. That's a great point you bring up. And you're right though, Eric. What about L.A. What about Florida? Because you know that Florida wants to get in on this, right? Florida Sun Centennial, major Florida newspapers, they want to be writing about this. How do you – do you just tell them, no, unless you're a team beat writer, we cannot have you in there?
1: I think that's what you'd have to do.
2: But, 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 but for but, a
1: national publication? Yeah,
2: there you go. So like USA Today, uh, LA Times would be there. What about the New York Post or the New York Times? They want to be there and write about it, but the Knicks aren't in it.
1: So what do you do? But Brooklyn is.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you can't... I think Brooklyn's got their own beat writers that they wouldn't need the New York Times there. New York Times would there just be covering the NBA itself. You've got to... And if you allow other outside-the-team outlets to be there, there's going to be a fuss from everywhere else.
1: And I don't know what these venues really even look like.
2: No. They're actually... They, I don't
1: even know what... You know what? Could actually, you even put together a press row no. and space guys out? Okay, so I... I don't say, even
2: know what the venue looks like. Well, Google the venue because it's beautiful, Eric. It is gorgeous, and it is immaculate. The question becomes what you just said, space-wise. Where do you put TV? Where do you put radio? And then after the first round, when family members are allowed to be there, then what do you do? Because you're supposed to be practicing social distancing. Well, that's not what you're going to get after the, after the first round. It's going to get full. Actually, you know what? I think they said three family members at a time, if I'm not mistaken, if I read that right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, one of the other sticking points may be about older coaches. We, we mentioned head coaches. But there's others who have older coaches on their staff. Um, Tracy McGrady weighed in on this. this is really, that's, it's just it's unfair if we're going to hold that standard. If you're over 60 years old, you can't participate. That just He just doesn't see that's fair.
0: Yeah. Let's be honest. What is the NBA at this time of the year without Greg Popovich on the side?
3: Yep. Without
0: Mike D'Antonio on the sideline? Are you kidding me? Like, how how do we move forward and we can't allow the greatest coach, in my
1: opinion, of all time to have a chance to coach his team? I mean, why are we doing this if Greg Popovich and, you know, the the older coaches can't be there? It still seems to be a little uncertain, even though Adam Silver made some comments last night indicating that they wouldn't be able to be there. <laughs> On the bench, they'd be in the at the facility. They'd be at the venue, but they wouldn't be on the bench in close proximity with everybody else. Which they're going to be in close proximity when they're running practices, when they're doing team meetings. I don't know. there's going to be that much closer in proximity than if they'd be on the bench. Um. So it still some details of this. That are yet to be revealed, that just how to keep everybody healthy, how to keep everybody monitored. That is the big task still uh, looming for the NBA. But owners proposed it, players accepted it, and uh, it's going to move forward. It's going to happen. And uh, they're ready to move together and start it. It's going to look like uh, July 31st is when the ball will go up. And play will resume for the NBA. You know what? For that, I'm
2: happy. Yeah, it's good to have it back. In fact, Dennis Lindsay had a statement. He says, quote, I'd like to thank the Commissioner Silver, the NBA Board of Governors, and the players for their willingness and commitment to finish the 19-20 NBA season. While our society faces important issues that certainly eclipse basketball, the entire Jazz organization looks forward to getting back on the court and continuing its playoff push. We have full confidence that the league office, in collaboration with infectious disease specialists, public health experts, and government officials, will take all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of the players and on-site staff. While we were getting out playing in front of our tremendous fans, we we're grateful for their loyal support and know they will be behind us. End quote. Yeah, you guys were screwed anyways in the first round, so it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm glad that the Jazz have a couple of games to try to figure out life without Boyan. Yes, yeah,
2: that's you got to make some major adjustments too. That isn't like a small tweak. No, Boyan is going to be really big for the Jazz.
1: The NBA has now agreed on a plan to move forward. Players, coaches, they agree on what's going to happen. Major League Baseball, they are not there. Questions still are there whether or not they can even get there for this season. Seems like the owners keep digging their heels in deeper and keep proposing shorter and shorter seasons. We'll give you an update on where there where the Major League Baseball standoff stands
0: today. Coming up next to the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Uh hey, just it's just coming in. Uh looks like Utah defensive coordinator Morgan Scalley has been placed on suspension, effective immediately. What? Stems from an invest this is according to Josh Newman. Stems from an investigation into a social media post in two thousand thirteen. Um, about a, 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 containing a 2013 text message. Excuse me. A social media post containing a 2013 text message that included racist language.
2: I'd like to read that post first. Or, excuse me, I'd like to read the text
1: message first. So he is suspended pending an investigation. Yeah, I'd like to read that that message first. According to the school, the text came to light recently through social media. Dude, isn't social media brutal? Like, if I didn't have to have it, I wouldn't have it. I'd get rid of it in a heartbeat. Uh, I, speaking of which, I gotta find L.A. Galaxy. Did you hear what they did today? No, I gotta go find it. Um they had yes a spouse. Alexander Cate, his wife, posted some pretty inflammatory things on, on Instagram. He was signed as a free agent back in December. He is trying to been trying to distance himself from his wife's comments, but he got dropped. LA Galaxy said, "Mm -mm." mm-mm, they called her, his wife's texts, or social media posts, racist and violent. So, he got,
2: he got the axe. Yeah, well, she's about to get dropped from the marriage, too,
1: if that's the case. According to BBC Sport, uh, Alexander Cate says, this is a mistake from my family, and I take full responsibility and there's been a a, a, a mute, they've he has left the LA Galaxy by mutual consent. I want to know what that text message from
2: from Morgan Scali. Yeah, said I because he's I've been a part of. I've I've never like done a one on one interview, but I've been a part of press huddles with him involved, and he was always an incredibly stand up guy. Um, according to the uh, AD, Mark Harlan of University of Utah, um, he says, On Wednesday night, I was made aware of social media posts that reference a 2013 text message that include racist language uh, sent by our football program's defensive coordinator. He then continues, Coach Scully and I have spoken. He is very contrite and acknowledged that the text was sent and, it, and that it did include derogatory and painful word. Uh, yikes. The use of any form of racist language is not only anti, I don't know what that word is, Heck, I don't know, to our policies and our values, but it's an affront to all of us, especially our African-American community members. While the review of this matter is being conducted, I have placed Morgan Scally on suspension and effective immediately. Yeah, he's not coming back either.
1: Uh, I guess Morgan Scally has issued a statement himself. Already? Yes. What, what do you got? In 2013, I made a terrible mistake. I used a racial slur in a text message. Language is offensive and hurtful to not only the African-American community, but to all. Immediately after sending it, I apologize to the recipient and his family. I'm also heartbroken over the potential breach of trust with my fellow coaches and with the young men in our program, both past and present. I'm truly sorry, and I, know, and I own up to the hurtful effects of my choice. Through my actions and words going forward, I will demonstrate that my use of that slur in 2013 does not reflect or define who I am or what I stand for. My action is indefensible, and I will use my voice and position to bring about meaningful and much-needed change. I accept the university's suspension and will use it as a time to reflect on my insensitive comment from 2013 and how I intend to listen and grow from this situation. I am completely against racism, and this will never happen again.
2: Dang you, Morgan. Dude, that's a good guy, too. That's... That's extremely unfortunate that he did that. It,
1: it it is unfortunate that he did that. And hey, how anytime they, anybody uses those terms, it's 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 never excusable. How in the world did but that get onto social media? Here's what I where I'm frustrated when I hear this. Okay, he immediately he said, and if I'm we're taking him at his word. Okay, that's one thing I guess. But he said that he immediately apologized after he used the term. Still can't do it, man. It- no, I get that. I'm, I'm not saying that he what he said should be forgotten, but something that was done seven years ago yeah. and he apologized to this person and their family and then all of a sudden today it resurfaces. Or surfaces yeah. for the first time publicly. I that bothers me a little bit.
2: See, i I'm bothered by how it got on social media. Who leaked it? Who said, Oh, you know what? I've got this thing on Morgan Scalley. We're going to get him out of there. Who in the world
1: did that? Coach Witt apparently has weighed in. Do you want to hear his statement? Yeah, yeah, I would love to actually. Kyle Winningham, I was disappointed and shocked to learn this week of a text message sent by Morgan Scally in 2013 that contained a racial slur. I take very seriously the hurt, pain, and anger felt by African Americans and the power of words to inflict or deepen that pain. Although this incident is inconsistent with the character and conduct of the person I have known and worked closely with for more than two decades, Morgan's use of racist language is a very serious matter, and I am supportive of the suspension while a more thorough outside review is conducted. Can I be this? Uh, that's, I think that's a totally appropriate response. Yeah,
2: can I be this guy? How much you want to put on that it was from a BYU associate?
1: Uh, I don't even know. I, I, I with today's climate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to speculate who would, could have come from.
2: Man, that's really disappointing on Morgan Scully's end. Just can't. What's crazy is that's seven years ago, man. Seven years ago, and we're. Why didn't this come out earlier? Like, why is this
1: seven years ago? Right. That. That's. That part kind of I'm, gets me a little bit It's too. frustrating that, that someone like Morgan Scali used that term. Yes. But it's also really frustrating to me. That it's that seven years later that we're coming he, out. With- he allegedly took the steps to apologize right after it was done. Does Still doesn't excuse it. But that whomever that was held on to it, stuck it in the back pocket until an opportune time. Uh, but you know what? I think the other thing that we're seeing, I think it's kind of related to what we saw with the LA Galaxy and what we saw with the USC Trojans. If you know, and I think in our current situation today, if you see or know of racism, call them out.
2: Yeah, you got to You got to be aggressive with it. You've got to understand that until
1: people realize that it's not acceptable. You can't be saying or doing these things. It is not okay. Yeah. And when the rest of the world around them is treating them like they're a pariah, which should be taking place, if we're still using terms like that or acting like that, then that's when it starts to change.
2: Yeah, you got to learn your lesson now, right? I mean, now you... Again, just... Uh, it just kind of bugs me that it took seven years for this to come out. Should have been sooner. Should have been right after. Even if he apologized, he'd go in and say, Hey, look, he sent me this text message with an inappropriate word. Um, that's racial. You, you, The next day, you are reporting it. And if they don't do anything about it, then it's on their end. But you report it the very next day. This shouldn't be seven years later. Like, who's
1: who's going back through seven yeah, years worth of that's texts? the thing is... Did you screenshot it and just scroll through it? Hold
2: on for it for seven years and put yeah, it in I your I think I remember cloud?
1: this one time. This one guy may have said something. Oh, hey, scroll, we're talking scroll, about scroll, blacks scroll, versus whites scroll,
2: scroll. in protest, huh? Well, I've got a story for you. Now, uh, again, you're right. He shouldn't have used that language. In no way, shape, or form is it appropriate to use that language of whatever it was that he used, but it was racist. Again. Jump on it immediately, take care of it, burn out the fire right then and there, and do not let it escalate anymore. Now we're seven years down the road and we're coming out with it. I mean, that that must have blindsided Morgan Scally more than anything. Hey, do you remember a text message in 2013? <laughs> I can't seven remember what I sent anybody yeah. a text last Dude, week. Dude, I can't remember I texted last week, which probably isn't a good thing, uh, but... Like, I mean, and he probably was thinking, and I bet you, I mean, as soon as they mentioned 2013, he's probably like, oh no, that can't be what I think it is. Because that had to be on his mind forever too, that he had said that word, he knew about it. I mean, he, of course, he immediately apologized. I don't know. And the other question I want to know is what was the response in return when he apologized? Did they say, oh no man, no, no worries, no big deal. It's all right. Just, you know, we're good. Or did they say nothing at all? Or do they say, well, I'm going to report you and hold on for for seven years? I I don't know. The other side of it's got to take some re- accountability here,
1: too, though. Uh, we're a little bit long on getting to our topic about Major League Baseball. We'll do that on the other side of this timeout. It's – I don't know, AJ. When you break it down team by team, it's a little embarrassing that they haven't figured something out mm-hmm. to this point. We'll get into some of the numbers, so the progress or – lack of progress for major league baseball and uh will there even be a season and that's a
0: serious question major league baseball
1: and how bad does it damage the sport overall we'll discuss that
0: next on the full court press northern utah and southern idaho's home for sports it's the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390 am the fan
1: Eric Franz and Aj Salvison. Hey, uh, we've had great response from our interview with Jimmy Moore. That was so much fun. We could have yeah. gone a long, a lot longer than what we did with him. We'll take. We'll get him back. Unfortunately, he had a, a time commitment to, to get to, and uh, but we we. And then he he kept Aj for a little while, but that's okay. Yeah,
2: that's great. I know it was it was a great conversation. I mean, we just discussed, you know. His book and some of the things. I and mean, we talked about his voice for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, it's 4.50, so Which means I have
1: a show. And he's supposed to pick up his wife 20 minutes ago. Uh, yeah. But it was great. And uh, we've got the, the full podcast of the hour on 1069thefan.com. Or if you only want to listen to just that segment, you can do that as well. 1069thefan.com. Just go to our podcast section. It's in the new podcasts. And you can listen to the, uh, to that interview that we had with Jimmy. Uh, check out his book. Um, really interesting stuff. Uh, Major League Baseball. They're having problems, Ajay. They <laughs> they just can't agree. Now, the owners are making it clear that they are going to be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars every game that's played without fans in the stands. And so their interest in playing 114 games is not there. Yeah. Which, when when you look at it, like thinking... Hey, there's games. They can play games. Don't you want to play as many games as you can? Well, their so much of their revenue was tied on ticket sales, concessions, you know, the things that happen in the arena with fans in the stands. It makes it really, really hard for the owners to swallow that pill. So more games just mean more expense. So originally they proposed eighty two games. The player said, well, let's play 114. Then the owners came back and said, eh, maybe 50. <laughs> and now they're saying, eh, maybe 42. <laughs> and so the owners are, are going further and further in the opposite direction. But honestly, I'm getting more frustrated with the, with the owners now. Because when you spread that out, yes, there are losses, but when you spread it out over the entire league and divide it evenly among all teams, the difference isn't so significant Per team, Uh, Jeff Passan reported on this um, earlier today, saying that uh, that there's still the fight is over the money in Major League Baseball. The players don't want any cuts. The owners don't want any more lost expenses.
3: The real area where they can and should make progress is with the money. It's very simple. MLB's ready to implement a 48-game schedule, Greeny, and they say they're going to lose $640,000 per game this year. That comes out to about $461 million. The players would accept an 82-game schedule at full pro rata. That would be $787 million in losses, theoretically, for the league. We're talking about a $326 million problem, and when you take that and divide it by the 30 teams, this is a fight over $10.8 million per team.
1: When Jeff Passan throws that out there like eh, it's not that big a Yeah, day. ten million dollars per
3: team. Ten million dollars. Yeah, I, have I don't so have ten many,
1: million dollars so, to just throw there's down so the drain. So many problems
2: with this, Eric.
1: But it's it's. But on the other hand, it's not like it's this massive, insurmountable gap that can't be worked around for the next couple of years if they, you know, do some things creatively to try to get a bounce back.
2: What was the problem with the 50-game plan they had? I thought that was just fine. Why did we run away from the 50-game plan? Uh, Was it just because they weren't getting paid enough because there was cuts involved?
1: Yeah, because the the players, well, the owner said, look, we're going to play fewer games and you're going to take another pay cut. (laughs) You've already taken one pay cut. We need you to take another one. And the players are like,
2: no. If we're only playing 50 games, yeah, you should be taking another pay cut. You get paid to play the games that you are playing. And that's it. I, I don't know why we're... man. And he, honestly, the 114 game plan wasn't all that bad either. I know there was a little bit more money than the owners wanted to have as a part of it, but it wasn't all that bad of a plan. It's just like, I mean, both of them are just trying to find what how many rolls of toilet paper with money you bills around it, you know, <laughs> who has the bigger one. That's, that's what the battle is. It has nothing to do with, like, we're past baseball. This isn't about baseball anymore. It is not about the safety of the players. It is not about having fans or not having fans. It is about money. And this argument has been going on for the last, I don't know, four weeks now, I at think, least. give or take. Yeah. And, Eric, we're in almost, we're a week away from mid-June. We're, it's, at this point, I just say, you know what, forget it, scratch it, let's just restart for next March. If you don't want to play, we aren't going to play.
1: We're going to sit. Oh, they but they'll still have discussions. Like you still owe us something. Yeah. If sure. we don't play anything, but there's no TV revenue, no radio revenue. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But uh, but again, we're
1: past and the, the conversation. Say, well, I,
2: I can't pay you of our of of are we going to play or not? Make a decision. Are you going to play? Yes or no? How many games? Now let's talk finances. We're talking financial stability before we even know if we're gonna have a season or not. In this case, cut the season out and just take, you know, and then have your conversation and your debate about money, and you're gonna become completely irrelevant for the next six to seven months because NBA and football and NHL are all gonna take away and do their thing.
1: So more like nine or ten months.
2: Yeah, there you go. So that brings us up to our next point. How much does this hurt baseball? In the long-term perspective of things, how long, ask me, how much does it hurt baseball in your opinion?
1: I think it hurts it a lot. Uh, I think you're going to have the NHL and the NBA playing in the middle of summer. People who normally would be sitting around watching baseball will gravitate to that. Maybe they weren't big NHL or NBA viewers before. I don't know if they'll be big viewers after, (laughs) but it'll give them something else to watch. And maybe they, they get curious and they start to watch it. Uh, you'll go an entire year without any baseball, and I can guarantee you there will still be disputes over salaries and contracts and things next spring. Um, it it I, it's going to set baseball back a lot. It, it it took the home run race to revive baseball after its previous labor shortage, mm-hmm. and that was five years after their shutdown before people realized, oh, baseball is cool now. Baseball's fun again. You're always gonna have your diehards, but what they're what they what they're gonna lose are those fringe fans, the young mm-hmm. fans that are starting to get introduced to it. You're it's not just gonna have anybody going down to the ballpark. Yeah. Or listening to having the baseball game on the background on the radio when you're tinkering on your car. It just—it's not going to happen. It's unfortunate, and again, they're losing popularity, and the
2: popular players are losing popularity. They're losing money. They're losing, you know, the fact to be able to promote themselves, their game, or whatever. Uh, they're losing that opportunity, and and they're going to become irrelevant. They really will. Hey, by the way, really quickly, Wojnowski is uh, is reporting that the the NBA is proposing that next season would start as the following: so August twenty fifth, you have a draft lottery. October fifteenth, three days after Game Seven, if there is a Game Seven, is the NBA Draft. October eighteenth begins free agency. November tenth is training camp. December first is opening night. That's <laughs> like it's no time off. None. You're, you're, so but, so training camp starts twenty nine days after Game Seven of the Finals. Wow. But so wait, and, then, and if they go to a full eighty two game season, they end in August. It's nine months of a season, if and that's counting uh, the finals. Uh, that's counting the finals. You no,
1: know, it wouldn't end in August. That's just about a month later than they normally would start. NBA normally starts around Halloween, don't they?
2: Yeah, so I guess first November, take the end of Halloween. So it's just a, a month.
1: But then pre should be playing your if your finals will be in in July.
2: So are we skipping preseason then?
1: Doesn't sound like you'd have much of a preseason at all. So those teams that
2: don't play in this twenty-two team format are going to be sitting on their hands for a long
1: time. And you're—they're the good teams that are going to have the a bunch of new rookies. Yeah, they're highly touted? Yep, I'm sure the NBA is going to try to figure out some kind of a league for these teams, development opportunity for these younger, and for a lot of teams, frankly, to develop their younger players. I'm sure that'll get worked out. Uh, one last thing on, on baseball. Passan saying that there there is still a chance that Major League Baseball and their players could meet in
3: the middle. I think they're going to figure it out, and I think there's going to be baseball back on the field this season. It just depends on what it's going to look like. Remember, Major League Baseball has the option of unilaterally implementing a schedule. Rob Manfred can come and say, we're going to play 48 games this year, whether you guys like it or not, per the March agreement that they have. Now, the players can say, you're not going to have expanded playoffs, you're not going to have mic'd up players, you're not going to have any help from us with your business ventures going forward, but I would like to believe that there is a place in the middle that they can meet where they can get a representative schedule, because 48 games just simply does not cut it.
2: Here's the thing. <laughs> Jeff Paston is incredibly optimistic about life, and I'd love to have his energy and positivity. Uh, but too, he also brings up another good point. What if Manfred just says, look, we're going to play baseball whether you like it or not. Here's 42 games on the schedule. Play them. And if you don't, we're not paying you, period, at all whatsoever. Find a way to get a paycheck somewhere else, but we aren't paying you for it. If I tell you you need to be on the field, you better be on the field. I, I, I think at some point Manfred just needs to put his foot down and say let's go. Look, well, I, think certain-
1: he, I think the only reason why he's not – because he wants to avoid having next year shut down because of a strike. Strike, true.
2: But the the, the great thing about David Stern, as many flaws as he did have, it was either his, his way or the hard way. <laughs> That's and true. if you didn't go his way, he was going to let you have it. And you, and there's and he was a good grudge holder for a long time. That's a good Ma, point. If Ma, if if Manfred can
1: get that same kind of mentality, watch out. All right, next, a uh, big uh, big penalty from Oklahoma State. Is it the first of many similar penalties that could be sweeping
0: across college basketball? We'll discuss that next in the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: We've known that this uh, bribery scandal was a big thing in NCAA college basketball, men's hoops, but we haven't really heard too many details about who was going to be punished and just how far wide reaching it is. We've heard some rumblings, could be as many as 20 to 25 different top level schools involved. Well, today, Oklahoma State, the first of, uh, of which could be many schools that get hit with some NCAA infractions, put on three years of probation, banned from the postseason next year, uh, reduced their, uh, their basketball scholarships by three, and some other recruiting restrictions. They had an assistant coach who accepted bribes for steering their players to certain agents and financial advisors. Oklahoma State, they're hot mad because they feel like, hey, when we found out about this, we fired the guy. We got rid of him. We made our own changes. We self imposed a $10,000 fine and 1% of our basketball operating budget. We reduced the number of official visits for three years. We took necessary steps. But NCAA is, I think they're kind of desperate to show that they still have teeth.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I like that, Eric. Um, this is also a probably teaser slash forewarning or foretold, of what's going to happen to Arizona times 10. Like, what Oklahoma State got was probably pretty harsh. Maybe a little bit too harsh. That's the NCAA saying, Arizona, close your
1: eyes, because you're not going to like what you see. There's an ongoing investigation right now at Duke over Zion Williamson. And see,
2: now now here's the thing. Here's where biasy comes in, right? If nothing happens to Duke, but then something happens to Arizona, Oklahoma State's going to go ballistic. They want... Fair punishment every way. If you're gonna punish Oklahoma State, fine, sure. But don't you dare let go of your little blue buds and your prodigal sons over there in, in North Carolina. You better get after them. And Arizona in their situation, right? If they don't get punished, is is the, if the harsh punishment is not as near as bad as Oklahoma State, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some uh, very upset people in Stillwater.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma State officials very upset. They said they were stunned by the severity of the penalties. Uh, the, the, the guy that was involved with this, he's he was caught, arrested by the FBI. He's in prison. And I appreciate that, that the, finally the FBI has stepped in and kind of forced the NCAA to take a stronger stance on this stuff. There's a lot of shenanigans at these high-level uh, institutions, and it's got to get cleaned up. I doubt that it will go as far as it needs to go, but at least make them think twice. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up to you again on Monday. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. been good news this week for sports leagues coming back. NHL, NBA, MLS, NFL still on target to open a schedule. There's one exception that's becoming glaring. Where is baseball? It's gone from, well, maybe they're just negotiating and this will all work out, to maybe they won't have a season. I hope they salvage something. Still hard to believe that they'll set out an entire summer. At least publicly, nothing positive coming out, but both sides seem entrenched in their point of view. When they canceled the end of the 94 season, the sport suffered. It took the steroid-fueled home run record chase to bring them back, but I'm not sure that they'll ever recover to where they once were. Not coming back now would risk falling even farther down the sports food chain. Hopefully, it's all posturing and baseball will be back soon, but as of today, it's hard to feel confident Major League Baseball knows what it's doing and where it's going. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.